What up, what up, what up, what is happening, good people? Welcome to this edition of Herb and Two. Alongside Tucson Warner, my name is Herb Howard. Every Thursday and Saturday, we are here hanging out with you wonderful people talking about issues that currently impact the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us as individuals and also how they impact us as a collective and along with your help. We talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them individually, but perhaps more importantly, at least for the sake of this conversation, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to be a part of this conversation. As always, your input is valued. Certainly appreciate it. Anything you want to add to the conversation, feel free to do so. We will read through as many of your comments as possible while we go through the show. We kindly request that you please take a quick second to share the broadcast, share it on your personal page, share it within your personal network, share it with anybody that you think would add value to this conversation, find value in this conversation. It is our sincere belief that the more like-minded individuals we can get to be a part of it, the better the opportunity we actually have of reaching those aforementioned solutions. So please, 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 if you would be so kind, take a quick second to share the broadcast. Again, this is Herbin 2. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Two. What's happening, good brother? What's up, family? I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? Man, if I was doing any better, I'd sell myself, man. It's my birthday tomorrow. It is your birthday tomorrow. I just want to tell you it's my birthday tomorrow. Birthday, hey, did you G. know it's my birthday tomorrow? I was about to just say something to treat you, but I ain't going to do you like that. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, it's fine. It's my birthday tomorrow. Nothing can tomorrow hurt me. Tomorrow is your birthday. I said tomorrow. That's not, not the right today. way to say it? Just not today. First of all, it's airy season, okay? <laughs> so the whole month is cracking. Happy birthday! Yeah, it's lit for me. It's lit for me. It's lit for me. It's lit for me. Um, I'm that act, man. I talked on Craig this weekend. Right, right, right. They So Red Pebbles, you know, that's my spot. Uh, and obviously your uncle run the spot. And they be like, you need, you should you should do a party. I should do a live broadcast. And they been him. And Kimbo Slice, Kim, one of they one of they star bartenders up there. Uh, you should do a party this, that, and the third. Ooh, like, How you become a star bartender? You just pour heavy. Uh, I think it's just a term they use. They say it's like star tender. Uh, but Kim is the Kim. Kim is that nigga though. I fuck with Kim, man. That's that's, that's the homie for sure, for sure. But she didn't. She she's responsible for at least a quarter of my memory loss over the past five years. I don't be. Re- I don't remember nothing after I hang out with Kim, man. She she pours like a heathen. But either way, they've been talking about party, party, party. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm on that. But I know that 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 Craig was talking about um, maybe doing a live broadcast like next week or something like that. So if y'all want to put it together, I'm down. Yeah, I, I, he said it was for your birthday, but I thought I think it makes most sense to try to do it next week. Interesting thing about it is, shout out to the brothers at P, PMU, uh, Dinelle and Lance. Yeah. Because they did a live podcast broadcast out of Bocce's the other night, and I went up there to check it out. Out south? Yeah, okay. Bocce's Lounge Joint. Yeah. And I went up there to check it out, and uh, it was a good turnout, man. It was interesting to see it play out all in real time. It was kind of chaotic, you know, and organized, but yeah. the turnout was decent. You know no, what that's mean? what's up. Shout out to them, man. Bocce's is a cool spot. A lot of people be there. Um, a lot of people go there and just and just hang out anyway, so uh, shout out to them for doing that there, man. Uh Something like 167, something like that. Uh, something like that. But, yeah, I, I I rock with Bocce. So, yeah, we definitely, you know, put that together. So let's figure it out, man. If we, if we decide to do it, uh, we'll come back by 
the relationship Friday, Saturday. Yeah, we go live. Let let, it, let everybody know we're gonna come out and I love this discussion that you all are having as part of the show. Just you know, deciding when. We plan broadcast is gonna happen. The planning and things time. like that. We're things in real time. We plan. We plan producer catch live up. on the show. Catch catch up. Up. Come on, exactly. actual producer. Let us play producer. Really actual just, producer. You know, having a full blown <laughs> conversation. <laughs> That's how we do it. It's a community. It's a meeting. He, he walked in. He walked in today, y'all. She 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 walked in today, and we had already did an outline for today's conversation. And she's like, "What's that?" Women think you fucking incapable with Eddie Ball. Actually, what, that's not that? what happened. That's a lie. What's that? You possibly planned. How did something. how did y'all come up with an outline for the show Who when I you thought? when I didn't give it to you? <laughs> Who told you to think? When I want Take your that. opinion, I'll give it to you. <laughs> True, but that is not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, no, that'd be dope, man. I I I, I love it, and, and we can get it together and have fun with the whole. Harbin 2 family, man, we can kick it. That'll be dope as hell. So we can put that together and we'll definitely let y'all know uh, how that is coming. Uh, coming together. Uh, how was your Easter tour? Did you do some? You, you, did you celebrate uh, Jesus? He's risen. Did you know that he's risen? Yeah, I watched Netflix. Huh? Fuck with that myth. What Ryan say? Um, happy Zombie Jesus Day. Happy Zombie Day. Jesus Day. I didn't understand that. That's why I didn't respond. <laughs> You know, zombies, they die, but then they keep living. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Over delivery. I thought it was clever, Ron. I, ain't uh, gonna, yeah, I liked it. Though. I'll give it you that. Though. I, 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 I like picking on you as much as anybody. That was a good job for was people good. who read with the index finger under the word. <laughs> the cat and <laughs> fuck it, I'll just be a stripper. <laughs> I um, hung out with family, man. We was barbecuing. We barbecued. Ain't nobody said nothing about Easter or Jesus. We just barbecuing and playing dominoes. The kids did Easter egg hunts, but it was, had nothing to do about Jesus. Yeah, my sister-in-law barbecued. I just didn't feel like driving out to Gang Key, so it was a dead issue. Yeah, I was in Maryville, which is not close either. Uh, probably about the same distance to Gang Key, actually. And uh, went out there and... Uh, yeah, we had a good time, man. Shout out oh, to salute to, what am I doing, man? Salute to Ron Rilla and Ron Rilla Daddy. You know what I'm saying? Come again? Niggas make sure I got a driver's license this weekend. You, This is the funny shit in the world. You just got done smoking him. Oh, that's regular. That's regular shit? Okay. That's regular. All right. And Ron Daddy is legitimately Ron Daddy. I like they the same nigga. They the same <laughs> size. They just got different hairstyles. They legitimately are the same, exact same nigga. You understand me? Both think they cooler than they are. <laughs> <laughs> Both think they run some shit. It was very interesting to watch it all play out. Even when his stories start with a shout out of appreciation, <laughs> he still goes full too. Hey, big Ron, I super appreciate you, G. I told big Ron, Ron, I called Ron immediately, like, man, I gotta get, we gotta get your daddy what he drinks. We're gonna take care of Big Ron. But Big Ron definitely got me laced because I surely was getting fucked with no Vaseline all week to get to that goddamn appointment. And I got that appointment. God willing, I'm going to go jump in the car tomorrow. But that, none of that shit could happen without, you know, big run. Hey. So I passed, the, I passed the test, and you know I'm ignorant now. Give me my motherfucking shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did it just like that because I knew she was going to appreciate it. She appreciated it. She gave me my shit. Funny. So, but I still can't take the driver's test. Mm -hmm. So I had an epiphany. I said, damn, little big run work here. You know what I mean? Call Ron like, man, put me in tune with little big run. Little big run, you know, did his cooler than... I'm cool as I think I am. Yeah, I catch you, G. You know what I'm saying? That's how he talk. You know what I'm saying? He talk like he high, right? I didn't know that. He do. He do. So oh. we, we, first of all, he was like, just ask for Ron. I said, Ron, what's the nigga last day? I don't just want to be, where's Ron? You know, that's some kind of clown <laughs> shit. So 
I say, wait, hey, hey, man, y'all know Ron uh, Haynes? That's, that's my uncle. That's what I said. They take me to his office. The motherfucker was like, man, don't be bringing them motherfuckers to my office. You don't know who this motherfucker is. I said, I just told this nigga, I'm your nephew. This is not a good look right now. We're not going to get through. No this. license. We're not going to get through this, Ron. He's like, no, you cool. This my, this my son, homie. Cool walking his shit through the joint in his maroon outfit, maroon jeans from 1984. Dig and this. And the maroon button down. Dig this. You know how you used to have the stonewashed maroon? Yeah. Big Ron's outfit. Killing him. <laughs> you understand me? Killing him. Right. Little Ron got on all yellow today. Yeah, they share wardrobe. They the same size niggas. It's adding up. It's adding they up. They the same size niggas, man. <laughs> they they the same style. person. You get the red styles. I told you. So he walks me out to the uh, to the driver's joint, gets me in the driver's joint. Gee, I had a Chinese lady. This bitch damn near failed me. Of all the parts of the test, I damn near failed the driving test. <laughs> Not the driving test. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this shit forever. If I fail the driving test, I'll lose it too because I, I think I'm the best driver in the world. So this is where it get real funny. I think it's though. funny that you failing though because come on. It's funny. I finally get out my shit. About me. Pass my shit. Go in there to get the little paperwork shit. It was like, damn. You know the last time you had a license? <laughs> that's like no. Sixteen. That motherfucker was like, "You ain't had a license." The first one they gave me. He was like, "You ain't had a license since 2015." Oh, that's much. That's that's much more reason than I thought. Oh no no. See, here's the story though. I got a license in 2015 that I had for one day, mm-hmm. and the police took it that day. All right. But before that, yeah, it's on. It was another ten years prior to that too. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like. Mm, 06 was really the last time I had a license. Wow. Right? So the motherfucker was like, damn. You want to know how much you weighed on your first license? <laughs> Ten the motherfucker was like. 175. He was like, he was like, I don't know how you got big get around. That's between you and God. But you ain't been walking. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was dying laughing. You should have signed that motherfucker. You should have brought yeah, him out of the DMV. Like, come to yeah, the show. Yeah, he needed a contract, G. But I was like, yeah, I ain't had licenses like five that's cars hilarious. ago, bro. 2015. This is how this shit go. I got a license for the first time in probably 15, 20 years. Right? 15. I'm on Drexel. I see the police on fuck shit. But I'm more legit than I've been in 20 years. I'm cooling. I'm not changing shit about what I'm doing because I've been pulled up without license. I ain't putting on a seatbelt. I use no turn signal. I had a seatbelt on, but it's a nice night, summer, window down, radio playing. You know, when police want to punk you to pull up on you and shit because they ego checking you. They want you to turn your music turn down? Turn your music down. Man, eat a dick. I'm legit. I turn it up. I got papers now. I got papers now, bitch. I'm chilling. Right? <laughs> Motherfuckers pulled me over, G. They take my license for not having a license plate light. This was the first time I oh, realized yeah. that a license plate had a light. Yeah, if they listen, if they want to pull you over, yeah, they, do they can find a reason. I, I remember I got pulled over for a, a, a windshield obstruction. The air fresheners, the main supposed to hang from your... Mirror, all that kind of shit. They 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 do whatever they want. Uh, speaking of back in the day, let me let me run you back real quick before we get into some of the things we're gonna get into today of a more serious nature. Uh, you are of age to have been a freak Nick participant. I went. What do you recall about it? All of it. Were you ever filmed? Probably. Good. Watch out, sir. Won't be me. The freak Nick documentary is set to be released. It's coming out. Freak Nick documentary, all of you 45 to 60 year olds <sighs> shaking ass and smacking ass on top of cars and sidewalks in Atlanta in the early to mid 90s. 
Freaknik was like real time Twitter. What does that mean? I mean, it was like Twitter in real life. And what does that mean? Porn? It was like Twitter in real life. Like all the shit that people say is Twitter outrageous. Twitter is definitely or porn. Noxious on Twitter or the nudity on Twitter. Or just imagine that being an actual real place. Atlanta was Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was that, right? Mm-hmm. In that moment in time. Like, like the first night I got there, it was a very uncomfortable evening. I didn't like it at all. Wait, you told me this before. Y'all went to y'all went to freaking with like six dollars. Yeah, I remember yeah, that story. I'm against it. I do shit like that. <laughs> and it was on everybody, every man for himself. You were supposed to figure yeah, out. You got to figure out how to where you sleep. go. This is young niggas traveling. You know what I'm saying? College niggas broke. We do what we do. You get some pussy. You got somewhere to sleep tonight. That's the game. You know what I mean? That's the definition of I'm, I'm on my dick. You know, in the south they say I'm on my dick. Like I didn't when know you that. Broke, but... Like like when you broke it, like, I'm on my dick. I don't know that it literally means like homosexual, but it's a term that they use. Plaz got a song about it on it on his first first album. It's called that. But that makes the, that makes sense now. Go. It worked out well for me. I had a good time. <laughs> but the first night though was like crazy. First of all, we was down in the, like one of them. It's a minivan, but it ain't even a proper minivan. It's like a really like a white soccer mom kind of car type of deal, right? So <laughs> you've been, con- been telling a lot of minivan stories lately. Hey, life happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> context. <laughs> context. As soon as you hit the city limits of Atlanta, the expressway is stopped. Facts. Niggas is legitimately getting out of their cars on the expressway, leaving their shit and just... We're just out here now. We're just out here now. I'll right. come pick up my car off at five later. Yeah, it's just freak niggas. You okay. right? But we don't have anywhere well, to stay. We six, seven West. niggas deep in this little bullshit minivan. And we don't know nothing about no fucking Atlanta. We, this ain't our spot, right? But that night, we find ourselves in like the hood of Atlanta. We probably in the SWATs or some shit. Right. This is not where freak niggas going down. It's going down, but this ain't the touristy freak nigga. This ain't that one. No, this ain't that. This is this is all bad. This is busted open freak nigga. This is this is criminal freak nigga. This, this is, is the shit, route freak nigga. This is some shit is going to go wrong in freak nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the route freak nigga, right? And we somewhere. You used to bust it open in the route. I used to be at the rink. Oh, you was a rink nigga. We okay. somewhere route, in two, the swats. You was a route king of the route. We probably, beat, young as shit. we probably beat. We probably beat your ass. When, well, you a little older than me, so we probably didn't beat your ass. But we probably beat your little cousin's ass in the route. Right, All we used so. to do is fight and get numbers. So this is how this many numbers you get in the SWATs, right? These niggas start blowing. These niggas start shooting wherever we was at. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, I said the cops. You kind of stop the car in the middle of the street wherever you are. Just get out and kind of navigate. These niggas stopped blowing with some big ass country guns. Like mm. shit that Chicago didn't have at the time. It was different. At the freak nick. At the SWATS version of the freak nick. Okay. This is not for the tourists. You understand me? So we running, we scattered. Now mind you, we probably six, seven niggas deep, but niggas went their own way. You know what I mean? Bullets ain't got no name. And this is pre-cell phone. Niggas don't got cell phones out here like that. You make your way back. The goddamn regular video camera was this big. You understand me? Like, you are not calling your mans in them on your hip. Nah. And we had to find our way back there. That was tough to do. You know what I mean? But yeah. so what was the freak nick though? So it was just a big party? So it started as like, you know, in college, specifically black colleges. Spring break comes right, everybody don't go home because everybody can't afford to go home. And they be from all over the goddamn country. You know what I mean? So whereas the white folks got like Florida and they do all that shit, Atlanta just started doing. A big picnic. And then people from different cities start telling that people like, yo, it hey, bust man, down it here at spring break, Joe. But they was doing freaky shit. It, they was doing freaky shit. Anyway, you get some young niggas together. Anytime. Alcohol, nigga, freaky shit gonna happen. This yeah. is what it is, right? But 
It was aggressive. It was kind of rapey. It was different. <laughs> it was kind of rapey. Yeah, it was I, was, I spent a lot of time running from gunshots. A lot of time out there, it was running from gunshots. A lot of time, I it's felt terrible. bad for women who I, I was like, I can't help you, baby. You got to eat that. Whatever happens to you. Yeah, another woman in the studio is shaking their head about, yeah, like, you you was at the Freak Nick? Yeah, you was. And you was, was, you was over wild. there in full agreement. Are we not going to put you on blast? Don't worry about it. But you... Mm-hmm. So what was the... Um, so somebody's doing a documentary? Are you going to be in a documentary? Yeah, probably. Who's doing a documentary? I don't know. Hulu. Hulu. Oh, what y'all think it's gonna be like? You think they're gonna have footage of people acting a fool, or yeah. you think they're gonna stick to the? I'm sure they've collected as many videos as they possibly could have, right? Which again is limited because of the time period. But every video that they could possibly accumulate, I'm sure they've scoured high and low to find them. They're gonna put them in there. They're gonna talk to Atlanta influencers of the time. They're gonna talk to people who went. Uh, they're gonna talk to. I'm sure they'll they'll. Uh, I hear the story the, the aunties are afraid, but the aunties are going to be all right. They ain't going to put that kind of footage. That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm saying. Do you think they're going to stick Jermaine with Dupree the... is behind it. Okay. Yeah, the aunties ain't got nothing to worry about. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, they do. The video's going to be out. Think so? The video's going to be out. The video's going to be out. The aunties, the video's going to be out. I mean, it was wild, though. You know what I'm saying? It was, it, it was wild for the time. It's normal for the younger generations. Right? I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, when you think about most of female hip-hop and how it's kind of got this like prostitution kind of ring behind the lyrics in their songs but mm-hmm. when you really do the research they was prostitutes before they was rappers facts and, right. and 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 when you bring that up i tend to go back to the Lil kim's to the foxy browns to the dina howards even back to the 30s the the songs about the wildest shit ever my point is if we're going to talk about this generation like you say it's normal now well, it's normal now because they mamas was doing it in the dark. And so, what's done in the dark will soon come to the light. I, I don't think anybody's asexual, but it's a difference, right? And that's why I said normal. So y'all was like, was it wild? It was wild for the time, right? Even the fact that Lil' Kim stands out because she was the only motherfucker doing what she was doing, right? The mimicking nah. of Lil' Kim was Foxy Brown. Foxy, it was always, the, you always had the, the one or two offs. Sure. This is the whole culture today. Sure. Yeah. It's a very different thing. It's the whole culture. So when I get to the was the freak dink wild, yeah. Because this was not. You also was competing against the image of Denise Huxtable. You understand? This is the same time as Freak Nick. Sure. So you down there and you're meeting the Clark, the Spellman, the Emory girls. I never even heard of Emory before I got there. Right. I met a lot of Emory girls. Right. Shout out to you, the Emory girls. I had a good time. Busting it open that Freak Nick. They, yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> but there was also a contingency of real paid strippers and prostitutes because Atlanta has that culture. Sure. Which is probably what kicked off the majority of the wild shit. It wasn't little girls going to spell, but it was motherfuckers with, who had real pimps with them who was like, go bust it down for a couple of hours. And then it becomes the overarching culture of the whole thing when that was not the whole thing. Right? So now today you couldn't have, it ain't the pimps out there. This is what we do. That makes it different. Mm-hmm. I think it's all in the name of, 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 of money. It's all in the name of currency. And I think that after a while, it gets, once once it becomes about currency, right? So it, it, whether it starts about, you know, fun, or you can call it good, clean, wholesome fun if you want, or you can call it bad, dirty fun. Once it starts about fun, but then it becomes about currency via the pimp game or via the rap game, it takes on a life of its own that becomes a different thing to where that allows it to become the 
dominant culture. You know what I'm saying? The dominant space in a, in 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 the culture as opposed to an outlier that becomes the way of being. And I think that's that's a financial conversation. And every time the finances get involved, it changes shit. And there's a huge change in finance coming up right now. Um, we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks about how the U.S. dollar itself is being diminished globally, right? We talked about how Russia and China and uh, uh, countries in Africa um, have come together to say we no longer going to be dependent on the U.S. dollar. We don't fucking need it. It ain't not. It ain't whatever. And now, right, you have the United States government coming out with their own form of digital currency. They're calling it Fed now. It is akin to Cash App. And that comparison is interesting because at the same time as they roll out, the U.S. government rolls out Fed now, the president of Cash App is murdered. And I know we talk about conspiracy theories and all this shit. But I don't, I, every time this conspiracy theory conversation comes up, I always say, like, I, call me a conspiracy theorist if you want. I don't, I don't have a problem with it, right? Conspiracy is perfectly fine in every other aspect of our society unless we're talking about the government. The government uses conspiracy all the time to lock our black asses up, right? It's a conspiracy. It's RICO. It's this. Conspiracy to do this. Conspiracy to do that. Lock your dumb ass up. As soon as you say, they, they, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. They conspiracy theorists every day in every courtroom around this fucking country. All conspiracy means is two or more people conspire to, to, do to do some shit. And I believe wholeheartedly. There's nothing about the even there's nothing about this country, the history of this country that would lead me to believe that they would not conspire to do some shit. So I don't understand how people would be so gung ho, like, oh, they wouldn't they're not conspiracy theories. Like, what makes you think about the history of this country that they wouldn't? And so to that point, I just find the timing of the murder of the president of Cash App. And the release or the launching of Fed now, the government's digital currency, to happen at the same time? What does that mean, though? So if the, if the government is creating their own version of Cash App right. and the president of Cash App right. is dead, but I'm sure someone else can step up. So is it to no, it eliminate mean, the Cash App guy and make this the more powerful? It means the same thing that it, we talk about from the streets to the suites all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it means the same thing that it would mean on the streets. That's your block. Y'all been holding it down. Y'all move right over there. Cool. I'm gonna kill your fucking boss, mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna put my shit out. Mm -hmm. Period. Okay. Now you might try to fill his place, whatever, but it's gonna create some chaos. Y'all ain't gonna be as strong right now. Okay. So, well, let me cut the head off the snake. Let me add some context, though. Yeah. <clears throat> he was the creator of Cash App, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah. But he sold the company, so he's not even involved in the company anymore, to my understanding. But he's also involved heavily in a lot of other digital currencies, right? So That's the part. A uh, real boss, an OG in the game. So when I think about it, I can't answer that question that you asked, E. I don't know, mm -hmm. right? But all of this shit is a move to a digital currency in totality. So when you think about our move to fiat currency, where before that the goal standard was the standard where people had gold in their households right they had to convince the commoner to let go of all of their gold and give it to the federal reserve 
They replaced that goal with dollars that are not backed by anything. But you had to create a campaign to get the commoner to, you had to get the commoner to take the gold out of their crib. Like my, my mother, I mean, my grandmama told stories of how they had legit gold bars stacked up in the basement. It was very normal to have gold bars in your basement. So when we move to all digital currency, what's that mean? And you must create a, again, I don't, in currencies, right? Which one of those currencies become a standard? <coughs> him, him being the creator of Cash App probably gives him an understanding of the weight of those currencies in a way the average commoner doesn't know, right? Like you think about Bitcoin itself, like the purchase of a quarter of a Bitcoin a day is something like a quarter million dollars. Right, so the average commoner is not. You can't use that as a transaction method. So it's got to be some other shit. I would right? imagine he was probably being leveraged in the process, right, to to figure out how to do this thing, what's it look like, and just being who he is in that position in that field. You, he was probably privy to some information that, unless you, we know you fully aligned with our mission, we can't have you walking around. All of the traditional shit, like all of the spying, all the espionage, all the Country protections, all the securities, a leak of that all that shit is digital today. Yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah. We don't need a motherfucking army of spies you, dressing up like you don't need uh, Germans to walk around and James Bond and shit no more. Yeah. Right, that shit is happening right here on the computer. Yeah, right. So in in that vein, all of that shit is threatening. You know what I mean? So you see all these stories about this crypto guy dying or this high end digital guy dying, or and if there's a video of this shit. Even even where he got killed at, it's in a very upwardly mobile kind of computer-esque space. Mm -hmm. Everything in this community is digital and Techie, all that shit. Yeah, Techie-ass techie yeah. community, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Silicon to know. Valley. There's cameras everywhere in them fuck communities. Right. He called 911, it says, too. The shit looks like a, a mercenary killed him. It don't look like no robbery to me. Like, it don't look like a mugging to me. Right. You know what I mean? And a mugger don't stab. A mugger shoots. Stabbing is personal. So close. Stabbing is a very personal crime, right? It just look weird. But again, this America, motherfucker, we terrorize people. We terrorize things. We terrorize stuff. It is what we do. But after those two deaths last year, also, the large cryptocurrency uh, founders were murdered like mm -hmm. weeks apart. Mm -hmm. So at this point, hey man, how just can this it not week, be? my daughter hit me to Apple Pay. And how to use it. Really? Because I'm old and I don't know how to do shit. That's hilarious. Gosh darn right? it. But for the week, this is all I've been doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never done that. I, I don't carry a wallet. This is my first time since I was 16 years old where I haven't carried a wallet. Hey, I didn't have a debit card for Dude, like. That's hilarious. I don't have a debit card for like two, True. three, four months because I was just like, I'll just use my phone. But think about this <laughs> shit from the standpoint of all of the. Uh, 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 conspiracy to to the theories that we've had before. Oh man, they're going to put the chip in your wrist. Oh, mm -hmm. Nigga, this the chip in your wrist? Absolutely. And there's also a literal one. Literally. You chose the chip. But there is a literal one, though. I get it. Yeah. And this is a literal one, too. I, know I agree with the you. the one they implant. No, I feel you. But you can't let this go. No, that's 100%. At all. That's in your wrist. It's in your wrist. That's a part of you like your toe is. It is. <laughs> right? Yep. So when they move to digital currency, you're just going to do this. But as they move to digital currency, what you start to recognize is you have less, less control of your currency. And less oversight. Mm -hmm. Less oversight, less everything. That's a lot of trust right. to put into you, a system into that has not world. proven themselves to be very We finna lose millions of jobs. 
they want to control it all, and they are. And we're going to allow them to do it because we, we're comfortable in it. We've become dependent upon them and not courageous enough to stand up against them. The Tennessee State Legislature playing in our face again, too. Um, I know you, you you did a lot of background on this story, so lead us through this, 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 this case with uh, two brothers, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, I believe, um, and then there was a white woman involved in this, too, uh, with the Tennessee legislator. What happened and how did it come to be that the brothers got kicked out and the white woman got to stay? Continue to be able to have control over our legislation. What's going through my mind right now is we need to fight for democracy in the state of Tennessee, and we need people not only just to vote, but people to show up and speak out so that we can end the gun violence epidemic that's happening in our state. This is wrong, this is unjust, and this is not the way that it has to be. There is a better way for us to live, and we don't have to live this way. But the Republican Party of the state of Tennessee want to keep things the same. If you want to fight to change it, if you want to help to make this place a better place, you have to use your voice. So two Tennessee lawmakers was expelled from the Tennessee State House after they participated in the anti-gun protest. Uh, Justin Jones was reappointed. Uh, Justin Pearson has not been re reappointed as of yet. Um, Justin Jones was of Nashville, um, representative of the Nashville Metropolitan Council. He was voted back in. Uh, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson were expelled by their Republican colleagues protesting uh, for gun reform after uh, a shooter killed three children and three adults and their disciplinary measure uh, what they leveraged was hadn't been used since the 1800s okay it was wow. a white woman who fully participated in everything they participated in but these were the only two to yeah. get expelled right the expulsion itself was like like I said they've only used this shit three times since the 1800s right so the viability of this being a real thing is like, come on, dog. It's 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 pulling you over for the light on your license plate. license plate light. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, the I mean, obstruction of the judge because yeah, yeah, you got to smell good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's fuck shit, right? So what was interesting about this, though, is like they had this all this backlash about them getting expelled or whatever, and they've been publicly speaking. First of all, both of these niggas, first of all, let me stop. Let me not say niggas. Both of, the, both of these young men are throwback young men. They look like throwback young men. One has a humongous afro. The other one has, you know, some Indian kind of ponytail shit yeah, going on. Yeah. But they both real skinny. They wear suits like they from the civil rights era. Like he's a black they man. Real throwback Speak like dudes. it. The one guy. They dynamic him. as hell though. Love yeah. him. He was. Di they both got the speaker. preacher esque mm. in them. Like yes. they come from some mm -hmm. some, 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 some Baptist church. Some Baptist them. church shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they eloquent and very very bright. And I was like, I just got caught up in the energy. Like I fuck with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But the white woman. Who, get, who didn't get expelled, the lawmaker who didn't get, whose name I don't recall, she did an interview, I can't remember with who, maybe MSNBC, somebody, mm -hmm. and they was like, she was fully states like, the only thing this is is blatant racism. Yeah. Mm. I did everything they did. Mm. This is just blatant racism. And she was like, well, has it been an issue before? And they said, well, she said this, and this is just how white people kind of explain the way racism. She was like, when they got inducted into the uh, being state reps, um, Justin uh, uh, Pearson, Pearson, he came and, and is in his, in his induction in a dashiki, and that pissed them off first. Like, what are you doing wearing a? Dashiki? Even though they played in our face on on, on Capitol Hill last year. Either way, this Tennessee, and again, this is about our understanding of cultural relevance, and this is kind of why I say I, I like these young boys. 
because what they're doing is standing up in a way that we don't really see politicians do oftentimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? They already know the consequences. They already know what they want to do, and they don't give a fuck. You understand me? He showed up in that dashiki, or I'm setting a standard. I'm letting you know period. what it is. This is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like I said, very eloquent, very well-spoken, very bright. You know what I mean? So he can handle himself in a room full of these snakes sure. very easily. Uh, the other brother... <clears throat> Jones, <clears throat> the one with the longer hair, he was getting interviewed as well, and he was telling a story about uh, one of the Republican lawmakers catching him in an elevator and degrading him and threatening him, mm. right? In the elevator, he said, hold on, sir, just give me a second. Let me get my phone out so you can say that again. Mm. And the dude didn't say it, but they're going to they're gonna live an uphill battle, man. But I really, I, outside of them getting expelled and the white woman getting to stay and it being about anti-gun legislation, what I'm saying is if... This is the future of young black politicians. I really rock with it. It's the energy that's necessary. It needs to be the future of young black people. It's the energy that's necessary to stand up uh, in the face of oppression, fully aware of of the pushback that's going to come from it. Right? They they definitely going to push back. They're going to use everything at their disposal from you know outdated laws from the 1800s to you know license plate light laws you know what i mean like they're gonna use everything at their disposal to keep you from from standing on what you're standing on stand on it anyway stand on it anyway um if not for you for another generation that maybe won't have to stand on it so hard uh shout out to justin jones shout out to justin pearson uh Certainly, certainly, we 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 stand with y'all, man. So uh, everybody else, you know, get in tune and, and stand with them as well. Uh, that case started, um, like you said, alluded to, because of the mass shooting that took place at the school in Tennessee, claimed the lives of of six innocent people plus the shooter, three children, three uh, uh, school workers. Uh, another mass shooting. Just took place. This is America, so this is some weekly shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just all the damn time. Um, in Louisville this time, um, a bank shooting claimed the lives of six people um, Monday morning. It's 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 just not, it's not something that's gonna stop, man. Uh, for me, uh, when I when I saw it, I had to check in. On, I got some family down there. I had to check in with my cousin Mike, who's been a police officer down there he actually commanded one of they i think they got like six or seven districts or something like that he commanded one of those districts for a long time um he recently retired from the department to do something else but i had to check in with him to make sure if one that his family was good that that you know he was good and his wife was good and kids was good but also because he's been who he's been in that city for so long i knew he had so many tasks that i figured it would hit close enough to him and it did um to him but man, like, what we what we looking at, man? Like, what we looking at when this kind of shit just keep happening? We looking at the original sin of America, and I know it don't really come up like this in most instances. But mm-hmm. think about this shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. we just got through talking about Tennessee. Tennessee borders Kentucky, right? Right. I got family in Nashville. I got family in Bowling Green. I got family all through Kentucky because my grandma was originally from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just went to Louisville last summer mm-hmm. and spent some time down there, one for AAU, and then we just kind of hung out with family, went around all the colleges, so Eric could see all the goddamn, all the colleges, Louisville and University of Kentucky, you know what I mean? 
I hadn't really been to Kentucky since I was a child before that trip. That is some of the racistest shit I've been to in a very long time. Yeah. Right? And you can see by the decisions by the Tennessee lawmakers what Tennessee is. Mm-hmm. Right? When you think about this, right? Georgia's on the cusp of that. Right? Outside of Atlanta, Georgia is the whitest shit going. Oh, yeah. This is America. Right. Right? And I read somewhere today. You talk about sanctuary. I'm sorry. You talk about sanctuary cities, right? And I know you was talking about, you know, the the relationship with black people in America versus the relationship for immigrants in America and how we talk about these sanctuary cities for this group of people or that group of people. It's only a few sanctuary cities for black people in America. And they ain't that fucking sanctuary, for, I, I don't first know of they all. They are any. What I'm saying is, there's only a few places where we can exist that ain't extremely. White and racist. Yeah, we only like in five places. It's a few places. G. Yeah, we only like in five And outside places. of those places, even for a little bit, I'm talking 40, 50 miles outside of any one of those oh, places. Shit, wild. It's crazy. Illinois, if it ain't for Chicago, you shouldn't be here. South of I 80. You shouldn't be here. It wow. gets real, 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 real sketchy. Yeah, you know outside Chicago. Or north of. You shouldn't be here, bro. Fuck downtown, shit. But I say this to say this, right? I read today, and I, I don't know if this was like hyper or, or real, but it's like for every blade of grass in America, there's three guns. Mm. Think about that in regards to the context of that number. Right. So every blade of grass in America, there is three every guns. Every blade of grass. Right? That's that man. sounds hyper. It does. That sounds hyperbolic as hell. Wow. It sounds hyper. Mm-hmm. But then we think about the hood, and we mm-hmm. know how many guns permeate the hood. Mm-hmm. That shit don't compare to white folks oh, at no, they, all. They got 15 and 20 apiece. It don't compare at all. Especially in some of them places, they got 100 apiece. It don't compare at all. It's right. a lifestyle. Several gun cabinets. Yeah, it don't. they buy them shits like we buy mics. It's, it don't compare at all. Yeah. Trust me, right? But all of that shit is a remnant of the very essence of the nature of this country. Which Drive is very transactional. Indiana, you see gunshot, 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 gunshot. Right, and all that transactional nature, that's the way capitalism breeds us. And well, again, back to the original scene. The way we look at capitalism is through the lens of slavery because mm-hmm. that's what built this capitalist system. Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of whomever you could take advantage of. Even how we think about the lens of doing business. We think about it from the standpoint of how can I steal or you have to be a thief. We think about it from that standpoint. I got to step on the motherfucker beneath me to get to the top. Facts. All of this shit is very treacherous and Facts. very savage and our whole thinking, how we relate to one another, is very treacherous, transactional, and savage. I'm gonna get him before he get me. Period. I don't even. I don't love none. I don't love these hoes. All the connotations is about creating a savage, mm. and that every essence, whether it be in relationship or just regular life, the very essence of what creates a savage is the motherfucker who walks in fear. You're always afraid, and the motherfucker that's always afraid is gonna always be hardened to protect himself first. Because you're always a fucking Fred. You're a fucking coward. Hmm. So there might be three guns for every blade of gas. Because the goddamn culture is cowardice. All I know is that we've gotten to a space in this country where we are desensitized to all forms of hyperviolence. Every single Monday morning in Chicago, every single news outlet can't wait to tell you how many people got murdered and how many people got shot over the weekend. They can't wait to tell you. 56 shooting, 13 killed. And over time, it just becomes almost white noise in the background. You don't view that 
as 13 human beings, 13 families, 13 parents, 13 children. You don't view it that way. It's just a number. Same thing with these mass shootings. Every fucking week. It's another school, another grocery store, another bank, another whatever the fuck. And it just becomes unremarkable. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. But if you Where was it this it, time? If you think about it, all behaviors, right, are either matriculated top down or bottom up. Mm-hmm. Right? So part of the dehumanization of the black man in regards to calling him nigga, in regards to calling him boy, in regards, in regards to calling a woman a bitch, all of that shit puts us in a dehumanized state where we don't see one another as humans, i.e. you will take advantage or take that life because you don't see each other as a human being. Right. Right, which is a direct reflection of the social narrative of just being black in America. We just talked about the crypto guy, though, right? We just mm-hmm. talked about millions... Hundreds of millions of jobs are going to be lost in the next 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which means we got to reimagine America. Ain't going to be that long. Right? It ain't going to be that long, but which means we got to reimagine America. Right. I want you to think about this right now, right? The homelessness in America when we use less than 20% of the land in America. It's unbelievable. There should be no homeless population of America. It's bananas. None. Right? Even just the vacant properties. Right. But with that, with, with the reason why there's a homeless population of, of America is we don't we give need a it. fuck about people. Right? So when we start thinking about the, the, the crypto people dying, the change to a digital currency, the, the amount of labor that's about to go away because we got AI and all that shit, right? We don't need you. We don't need you. And we need you to exterminate yourself. And we need you. A capitalist society depends on a bottom class. Not when it has robots. No, no, no. no it doesn't. No, 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 no. You miss what I'm saying. I'm not saying it depends on you to give you a job. I'm saying it needs somebody to sleep on the fucking ground outside. For me to live in the penthouse, somebody has to sleep on the fucking ground. That's what capitalism is. That's what keeps the illusionary middle class in fucking line. No, you ain't up here with me. But you ain't on the fucking ground either. But you needed the service of that illusionary class. Mm-hmm. You needed the labor of that class. As mm-hmm. we move into a space and place where we don't need that labor, other than entertain me, I don't want you here. And I can't just go out in the streets and massacre you. So I need you to do that. So over the years, I create philosophies that make you align with the f- idea of, all right, I'm going to go do that. Because I'm trying to get up there with you. versus 64th. Not just because I don't have any value. It ain't all just getting up there with you. I've depleted you of value, right? So I just did this earlier today with some young boys. We just take a trajectory of my family. My grandfather was very lucky he got the GI Bill, right? That house that he bought on 95th Street anchored in, at this point, four generations of people. Mm-hmm. At some point, someone in those four generations lived in that house. Now, my grandparents been dead for three generations. But because they was able to get that house... At least four generations later, somebody has been anchored in there to stabilize their lives. They didn't have to sleep on the street. Right. That's my grandparents. They bought that house in 1940 or 1939, some shit like whatever the fuck it was. Right? Just the three generations into where we are. Right? Because the number gets larger and larger. Right? From the production standpoint. How many of us have houses that we own? We don't even value it like that. We can't. We can't afford it. The access isn't there. My grandfather could have worked in a factory and paid for that house. My grandmama didn't have to work. 
we don't make the money to do so, right? They got houses on 39th and Oakwood. It costs a million motherfucking dollars. Crazy. There's, there's townhomes that's the same as mine on Drexel. It costs a million motherfucking dollars. You can't live here, fam. You can't survive this, right? And as far as our community goes, I do well. So I know that there's a plethora of motherfuckers behind me who are, who's not doing that, right? And I can't live like this. So how the fuck could you, right? So you more and more unstable. That instability makes you angry because the culture itself says you're only worth these things. We ain't changed our mindset. We just got hyper in the mindset with less resources. Can't breed nothing but contempt, right? So women getting ass shots. We normalize all this shit because they are we, the prostitutes. Uh, the prostitutes of Atlanta was there with a pimp. When I was there, the whole goal was pop your pussy for some paper. Mm -hmm. But they're competing against the Spellman girl. If I'm a motherfucker who wants or values women differently, the Spellman girl's going to get my attention. Mm -hmm. I realize this shit here is for pay. This shit here is some fuck shit. This is a trap. Right. What's the young boy that they recognize when everybody's popping their pussy? Because that's the new value system. Because we've created the mindset, this is all you worth. Right, but that's that's what I'm saying. This is all about capital, right? And so it ain't they not devoid of value. They only value one thing, and it don't matter if you talking about popping your pussy or busting your gun. It's about the same shit. They doing it for the same fucking reason. And unless we're able to shift what that value set looks like, I don't see a different outcome. And that's from the top to the bottom. It's the mass shootings, too. They don't give a fuck about how many kids get killed in a fucking first grade classroom. I'm selling AR-15s like 40 going north. Fuck them kids. I'm not going to stop selling AR-15s. You fucking drunk. It's the shorties out here to sell the switches. It's the, but again, I think there is a difference. And I think we have to start speaking to that difference. And I know he's saying wrap it up. I think there's a humongous difference. Mm-hmm. Because the universe needs balance to exist, right? Evil is only evil in context of what's behind it, right? Right? A motherfucking mercenary versus a motherfucking warrior do the same shit. It's just different value sets that makes one different, mm -hmm. right? So when the context is everybody's moving in this space, there's nothing to balance it out, right? Right? And this is what you get. The response is exactly what you get. Right, they just released a documentary of that. We can move on, legitimately about how many people King Von killed. This is the shit we're celebrating. Mm -hmm. Right, that shit is gonna get quadrillion views. He's got a huge mural. This right shit there already in came to my inbox. Yeah, and this shit ain't even released yet. Like, look at this shit. Why are we looking at this shit? Same reason he's got a huge mural on all block. Cause we celebrate the dehumanization at this point. Right, that woman who was there with that pimp had a. It was like a dog with an owner. When I was there, mm -hmm. the woman there now is like, no, nah, this is what I do. It's a very different thing. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a value tied to capital. Uh, we talked about um, Angel Reese and the LSU team last week. Um, obviously, all the things that went on during the national championship and how much backlash she received for how she was celebrating, how demonstrative she was in her celebration and whatnot. And then all these white people come out calling her you know, fucking idiots and classless piece of shit and all this other shit. Um, and then the vice 
pres I mean the the, the the first lady of the United States, Jill Biden comes out and says, Well, we're gonna invite both teams and then Andrew Reese, the star of LSU, says, Well, fuck it, we ain't coming then, right? Period. Um LSU, the school, then came out after Andrew Reese and over Andrew Reese saying, They coming. We gonna send them. And Jill Biden and her staff kind of walk back their statement or her statements. Ultimately, Andrew Reese uh, had to come down off her stand and say, okay, I'm going to go. We're going to go. Um, but you made you that point week. last yeah, week. she's going. That There's it no was about, about it. Right, that's what I'm saying. You made the point last week that it was about capital, right? She's caught up in the throes of capitalism and her future success in said system depends on her willingness to concede in such a fight. I, I They've since come out and said, it was we a, going. Yeah, it's a, it's the, so W.E.B. Du Bois has a concept called the double consciousness of the black man. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly what's represented in that 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 statement she made and then what I knew was going to be the conscious decision going later. Right. Right? Right. In order to, there's a, there's a statement that says black people are a contagion to wealth. Mm -hmm. Anytime you stand on some black shit, you're demonetized. Just is what it is. And if you want to survive America, well, you can't be demonetized. And most times that means aligning yourself with some shit you probably don't agree with. So there's a double consciousness that has to exist in us just to survive it. Even if you the, you could be the blackest motherfucker in the world. Malcolm to Elijah. Mm -hmm. Elijah said, boy, don't you talk about that president. Malcolm itching to say, fuck that white man. Right. Elijah said, boy, I'm older than you. I know what this is. Shut the fuck up. While I'm building the black nation. While I'm building, shut the fuck up. Malcolm can't help himself. Elijah got to make a decision. You got to get the fuck on because you're going to stop my progress. It's a double consciousness. Then, then, then that. Which one of them men is wrong in that situation? That demands the question of what is progress. Which one of them men is wrong in that situation? That's what I'm. That's what I'm addressing. That then demands the question of what is progress. Then I'll add another, some more spice to it, right? And this is not a knock on Malcolm. Mm -hmm. But not Malcolm nor the minister have been able to accomplish what Elijah Muhammad accomplished in his moment in time. The world don't remember Elijah Muhammad like it's going to remember Minister Farrakhan. It don't remember Elijah Muhammad like it remembers Malcolm. Mm -hmm. Right? But Elijah built that nation. Elijah built those businesses. Elijah made that shit viable. Love, Minister. Okay. Love, Malcolm. I get, I get where you at with it. Right? Let me push back with this. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad was dealing with a different America. He was dealing with a different mindset of black people who knew very fucking well exactly where they stood. Nigga, we come together and align our missions or we all fucking smoked. The illusion of inclusion that America then creates going forward makes that job much more difficult for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It made what Malcolm X, the visionary, could see coming from a mile away impossible at that time. He understood it then. Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had to deal with it going forward. Most Honorable Minister Elijah Muhammad 
had the benefit of black people understanding that you ain't a part of this shit. So, so you can come be a part of this new shit that we're building. But while you were doing that, right? And I get it. I'm not I'm not casting blame to to none neither one of those three great men. But while you were doing that, you were aligning yourself with capitalism. Enough to shun one of your greatest assets. Because you were trying to get in with capitalist America. And you can't serve two gods. Two, you say that all the fucking time. You so, can't serve two gods. So you can't sit here and tell and, me and, and, and that you're about the uplifting and building of the black kingdom. And you're going to make sure you're good with capitalism. So I'm you ask, can't do both. So we're not in control of that. So I'm going to ask you again. Malcolm was bar none, zero grade lions, spit on the sidewalk type shit. I'm going to ask you again. Uh-huh. Which one of those men were right? I already asked you. I'm not casting blame on neither one of them to say either one of them was wrong. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about paths that are available to be taken. I'm not saying right or wrong. So I'm going to ask you a question then. Which one of those paths would have yielded the most effective results? Again, my first question was, it depends on what you view as progress. So the most effective results depends on what you view as progress depends on what you view as viable if you're talking about which one is going is going to bring in the most financial stability most honorable minister so elijah muhammad pause the tape if we're talking about wait wait advancing pause the, the tape. black wait, collective wait, wait. That's, i don't want you to move the bar malcolm. i want you to move the bar right you said malcolm and the minister have dealt with a different america than elijah had to deal with because the people that Malcolm and the minister deal with have this desire to be in alignment with financial security. If Elijah's building a nation that can absolve them or anchor them in with some financial security, which one of the men had the right concept? Or which one of the men would have yielded? They both in the vein of black progress. He had no ability to do that. He did it. The it, nation is a representation of what he was able to build. No. Elijah Muhammad had the first no. national trucking system by no. a black man in this country. Elijah no. Muhammad had the first national newspaper no. ever. Second, I'm sorry. Next to behind uh, uh, the defender. This is what he did. He bought he, he the fucking six houses on fucking 47th Street right now is a gazillion dollars worth of homes. Two. Agreed. But he did that with the absence of the defense arm that's necessary to maintain it he did it with the absence of instilling the core values of nigga we had die about this shit we talk all the time about how white people yeah they want the money but it ain't about that it's about our mission we had die about this shit the money's just a tool to get it fuck the money if it don't come with no real core value that you're willing to stand fight die and kill for and malcolm was bringing that part of to say okay cool we can build up our money but if we don't have a group of people who are so committed to our our mission our collective mission then they're gonna give it away for the biggest fucking offer they can find and we so, see it play out time and time again so i'm gonna argue against that right and ain't we gonna go back and forth and i'm with you right mm -hmm. I, i'm not saying i on all three of them men mm -hmm. right me too but but even before malcolm all of them soldiers were soldiers which is why they was willing to do whatever they wanted to do to malcolm for sure you understand me? For sure. So that was a part of the, the construct of the nation. You can't have a nation without security. Right? The FOI was the birth child, not of Malcolm, but of the nation itself. Securing what? 
the ideas behind the nation. Right. And Even they were, in him saying to Malcolm. And they were don't flawed. Don't touch this. And they were flawed. I, that's why I struggle. I don't know. They were flawed. I don't know. I don't know. They were flawed. That's personal perspective. I don't know. If you got Malcolm saying these white police come in our communities, beat our kids, murder our, our citizens and our families, and we need to push back against that, and you got the most honorable minister saying- Malcolm said we need to talk about it. Elijah said we need to build our own shit, and I'm actively building our own shit. Don't bring me no extra shit while I'm actively building our own shit. Since he built that shit, ain't nobody else been able to build shit. Listen, Which one of them listen, men was wrong? Listen, see, that's what I'm saying. So you want don't build. You, he's saying don't. He Malcolm is saying we need to do some shit about. We need to do something about this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I don't remember. Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad said, "No, nah, hold on, let me keep building this up. We need to build our own shit." But that ain't my business. What Malcolm is like, but in the meantime, they coming in. They yeah. How's that not your they, business? Yeah. That's happening right here on our soil. But listen, listen. Right now, I think that we are bumping heads here because. I want to be very, very clear. I'm not making this an adversarial thing. I'm not making this a right or wrong thing. I'm not saying that the most honorable minister was wrong. I'm saying there are two different paths, and I think that his path was devoid of a very, very necessary element of our best mission. I'm very clear what you're saying. I'm not saying what right I'm, or wrong. What I'm saying to you is that I disagree. And what I'm really saying is that when W.B. Du Bois talks about the, the context of the double consciousness, it's a place that we have. You don't have the option not to live there. You have to live in a double consciousness. Because you get to lead them, you got to feed them. So you got to have a concept of money on your mind. Agree. Right? That's part of the sense, i.e. Double consciousness. I, double consciousness. Not just that one. But there's exactly. other one too that I will fuck you up about this. You missing the point. You missing the point. I I'd argue that Malcolm went in with the single consciousness and not Elijah. I agree with that too. So again, I'm not saying right or wrong. Which one? I'm of saying those both. Are again, which one your results? It depends on what you view as results. I would say neither of them yielded results. That's a lie. Because the nation still exists today. To what benefit of black people? You looked around this motherfucker lately? It exists, though. So the fuck what? Now, so do no, the GDs. What else exists? The Blackstone still exists. What institution did the GDs build? The fucking GDs. Institution. Because they don't have a building on 74 and Stoney? It don't fucking matter. What do they have? GDs. Again, no. What do the Muslims no, got? No, no. What do they have, right? They got GDs. No, no. What do the Muslims have? Here's what I'm saying. What do the Muslims have? I'm going to answer if you let me speak, bro. Right? You got the GDs and the BDs shooting each other on the one same fucking block. So there ain't no doctrine of commitment to unity. They don't have shit. Ain't no engine to move business. They don't have shit. They got words. They got hand signs and symbols. Same shit Malcolm leaving you with. Same shit Farrakhan leaving you with. Where fucking... Symbols are just that. Symbols. And I'm not shitting on them, man, because I love them. But I'm asking you, this is still here 40 years after this man has been gone. There's still an institution that can't undergird a motherfucker who wants to do something. Malcolm couldn't leave that. Malcolm couldn't leave that shit for his children. I don't see that happening, bro. What you don't see happening exists right now. a lot of shit exists right now. I don't see this progress and these results that you alluding to happening. I don't see that happening. We go to, if the if the minister ain't at the mosque, 
You can sit anywhere the fuck you want to. It's 10 people. You surely can, but you know what's there? A mosque. It's a beautiful building. Where where can we go to honor Malcolm? Nowhere. My point exactly. Not in a beautiful building. Where can we go to honor Malcolm then? You can go inside your motherfucking cell. You can't honor this man's grave site. You can't go to a house he has. Fuck his grave site. Fuck a house. Fuck a museum. That's my point exactly. They finna build Barack Obama a fucking library two blocks from my crib. And I couldn't give a fuck about that shit. I don't. I'm not walking around honoring him. I walk Who around honoring Malcolm every day. Who is finna build a thing, a, a library for Barack Obama? Who is finna build it? White folks, University. Who Chicago. built the fucking mosque? I don't get your point. It's not the same. He I'm, built a nation. I'm talking about the lack of value for these symbolic statures. I ain't gonna keep doing this. My point is, there's a double consciousness that has to exist. I agree. Right, and one yields results. Other yields emotions. I haven't seen the results. Let me know when Nigga, you Nigga, you drive past it every motherfucking day. Stop saying you ain't seen it. That's a, a full-out denial. A You've seen building? it every day. Yes, nigga, who else did it? Who else did it? Who else built a, a mosque? Who else house can you go by today? Who else can you say? Uh, nigga, Farrakhan lives in Elijah shit. That is truth. I don't... Bro, you talking about buildings, G? What has that yielded for the collective? My man, it's a fucking result. Of a building that no. nobody goes in except the ministers there. That's not true, Herb. You know it's fucking true. No, I don't. That's why I made a point. I don't. Meet me there on Sunday. Right? Y'all watching this on Thursday? Meet me there on Sunday. See how many fucking people in that building. Meet me at the Simple for Malcolm on Sunday, too. And give me the direction because I don't know where the fuck it is. You're talking about symbolism. Tell me how many young niggas today can talk about who Malcolm was and what he did. He ain't even left an idea that niggas honor. You saying they know Elijah Muhammad? I'm saying they can ride past the fucking mosque. They can ride can't past they? it? Can't they ride past them houses on motherfucking 47th Street? They can ride past it. Can't they? They can what ride past What do they know about we Malcolm? We got to talk about them ride past what the mural. They, when these oh. white folks decide to say indentured servitude was what it was, that's what it's going to be. Because you ain't built your own shit. Which is why they honor the mural of, 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 of what shorty name again? The old black shorty? The rapper? My point is that. They honor that more than the fucking We got murals to murderers. They, talking about, they honor that more than the mosque you talking about. That's my, really, you proving my point. How? Because all of the ideas, this is what it left. Nothingness. Agreed. Right? But there is something that Elijah left of stability. It's there. You see motherfuckers selling newspapers today. King. You see motherfuckers, five or not, you can pull up to the motherfucking mosque. You can pull up the King and not just, mural too. And not just the mosque here. And see more black not people just there the than mosque the mosque. Here. Not just the mosque here. Because there's mosques nationwide. Listen, I don't want this to turn into a, 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 like I'm shitting on the nation. Because I'm not. I respect it. I've gone there a lot. I've done a lot of work. I had a lot of close friends. I do a lot of shit with them. That, that's how the fuck I met you. That's kind of... It's kind of proven to his point a little bit. I don't know how. Like, it, the, 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 pro, the, the production isn't there. It ain't there. I get what you're both saying, but... It, it, you talk about the duality. It needs the duality. It needs both. It needs both. Yes, conscious of the capital... 
but also conscious of the fucking purpose and the cause and what we're really trying to be on. Malcolm had one. Elijah had one. Neither of them had both. And that's why it hasn't been as fruitful as we would have desired. Neither one of them was right. Neither one of them was wrong. I'm not blaming either of them. They're two of the greatest human beings to ever inhale oxygen. Without both, you are not going to be as successful as you need. And again, I don't think both of them lack both. You I think it. one of them lacked both. Okay. And that one was the student. We don't talk about the teacher. We don't talk about the world don't know about the teacher. Let's be real. Right? And I'm not saying none of that shit to minimize Malcolm. But this is Malcolm is really the remnants of what we deal with today. We fuck with charisma and theater. That's what we fuck with. Charisma and theater. We respond to motherfuckers who could speak well. I thought we respond to motherfuckers that got the bag. We respond to the show. And the bag is just that. The show. That's what we respond to. The show. When this motherfucker's out here doing and creating and building. But if they don't come with the show, we don't listen. Which is why every nigga aspires to entertainment. We don't care about the bag because we don't know shit about black business. The nigga came to Morehouse, gave everybody their motherfucking budget. Niggas had never heard of that nigga. So you don't really give a fuck about the bag. And he got a bigger bag than every nigga you know that's tap dancing for your ass. But you care about the tap dancing. You care about the show. It's not really even about the bag. It's theater. Because if you really gave a fuck about the bag, you know about the economy. You would know about the moves to digital currency. You know about these conversations. You can speak to them if you really care. But you don't. You care about the show. All right. I'll leave that there. It's a great, great, great conversation. A necessary one that, that we need to have uh, continue. I think it's a great uh, dive into our history that, that, that thoroughly examines where we've been, where we are, and where we need to go. Um, one last thing before we get out of here, and just I just want to mention this. Two the, last things, too. The Dalai Lama, G, you seen this fucking video? You talking about people that are committed to some bullshit, right? They they're committed to their purpose. So I don't even mean to call it bullshit. They're committed to their mission and their purpose so much so that they're gonna come out and find ways to excuse and defend the fact that the Dalai Lama, eighty seven year old man, has a video out where he's asking a young adolescent boy to suck his tongue. He's sitting up on his throne. Young boy walks up to him. Young boy greets him with all the reverence and respect as he should. Young boy goes to do the customary kissing on the cheek. Dalai Lama turns, mouths the boy, then sticks his tongue out, tells the boy to suck his tongue. I don't have nothing else for it. That's just the wildest shit ever. G. Like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? You see the picture of the Pope last week in the triple fat goose? Yes, y'all, did y'all see, see that. that shit? I did see that. Mm-mm. I bring that up for a reason. A real picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold coat, too. The cold, 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 cold is raw. The cold is raw. The cold like a fly motherfucker. Yeah, facts. Right? But I bring that up for a reason. Because do you know how many motherfucking rapists did the motherfucking Pope have exonerated in the last 50 years? Yeah, all these fucking pedophile child molesting motherfuckers. But I, I bought up the flat coat for a reason. Because last week we was talking about, look how fly the Pope is. Yeah. Nobody talks about 
how many rapists did he's exonerated? Right? What do you think will happen to Dai Lama? Nothing. My point is that they're gonna excuse it. Well, they already excusing the way. Oh, it's customary and wherever the fuck he was at. Oh, it's kind of it's it's a thing and the sucking the tongue. I what? didn't see the video. I read Where something when you told thing? me about it. And he, it, they didn't say customary. I don't. Again, I didn't see. The I just whole, saw one report that the content of the lady. It was a reporter that was saying it's it's one custom thing about it sucking the tongue. Knock it the fuck off. Well, what they say in the little shit I read real quick was a snippet was the Dalai Lama. They said he's a practical jokester and he I likes saw that to play too. jokes. And My, the fact that they I've seen even, all different ways to excuse this away, as opposed to saying it's an 87 year old man that just told a uh, adolescent, preteen, or early teen, or I don't even know how old the boy was, to yeah. suck his tongue. Back to that dual. What are we talking about? Back to that double consciousness, though, right? We was talking about how fly the Pope's coat was last week. Mm-hmm. Niggas won't coat. play a R. Kelly record at the cookout no more. Double consciousness. I'm just saying. We gotta go. Appreciate y'all so very, very much for tuning in to this edition of Herbin Two. Two, that was a great conversation. I enjoyed that, man. Uh, you should go back and look at it again. Maybe you'll learn something. Knock it the fuck off. I love teaching you. <laughs> I love teaching you. Hey, you know uh, your birthday's tomorrow, little brother. Hey, hey wait. Everybody stop, in the comments. Stop, hold stop, on. Wait. Everybody in the comments. Put Herb. Or two don't for who you think don't, I don't made want the ever. better points. I want in him this conversation. to grow into his intellect. It's gonna Herb or two. Just write it. Anyway, that's not gonna happen. Anyway, my point is two points I gotta make. One, happy birthday, nigga. I love you. Gratitude. I love you too, my brother. Secondly, Q fighting Friday for real. Q is fighting Friday for real for the championship <laughs> belt. For real. For the Golden Glove belt Friday. I think it's at Dang, seven. It ain't five. at seven, but you need to be there at seven because we don't know what the fuck to have Q fighting and you got to be there at seven so you'll miss it. But the white dude he's fighting is putting out flyers and shit claiming he's about to whoop Q ass. So apparently he's pumped to show up. So he oh, should shit. show up. So anybody that, you know, can get out Friday and, and check Q out at the, uh, we'll put it up. At the uh, Golden Gloves. Amateurs, which happens on Laramie, 1901. Laramie, I believe it is. If not, we'll put it up. he says she put it up. But yeah, man, if y'all can show up for Q, that'd be dope. Uh, I'm in that joint acting ignorant, too. We're in process of figuring out a uh, live podcast taping Beat to honor ass. Herb's birthday. And just because we want to do the shit. Yeah, we need to get with uh, y'all, It's going to be at the, what's the, what's it, the Roulageux Papa? The Rouge Papa. The Rouge Papa. The Rouge Papa Lounge on 87 just east Papa. of King Drive, also known as Red Pepper. Also known as Rouge Red Pepper. Papa. We do not know dates. We do not know times. Yeah, we we will be up. figuring it out. We said it. So we'll let y'all know. you catch this on Saturday, we should have an answer for you by this then. This will be out on Thursday. Hopefully, you be, well. if you catch the Saturday show of this broadcast, we'll have actual answers for you. Yeah. Uh, and we hope to see y'all then. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Huge shout out to the doubles producer in the podcast game. We like to call it. Happy birthday to my sister, too, because I know this is going to air. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, salute to my sister, man. Herb and my sister share birthday. Shout out to my birthday, too. Happy the heavenly birthday. In the way that they do, you can see it. Happy heavenly birthday to you, sis. Enjoy yourself. Sister, sis was a drinker or no? I don't know what the fuck she did, man. I tried to get away from her as much as possible. Well, I'll raise one. Knock it off. I'll raise one anyway. Uh, happy heavenly birthday to you, sis. Um, she was a lounge lady, so she probably was a drinker. Oh, let's go then. Clearly. It's up. You know what? Y'all share a lot of shit in the cup. It's up. <laughs> it's up. Let's go. It's my dog. Let's go. Uh, we turn it up one time. Uh, we'll be back here uh, on Saturday. Um, 
for another show. You official dirtbaggers, we might have missed a, a live Tuesday recording. We got something coming out for y'all on Saturday either way, though. But either way, we'll see all of y'all back here uh, next week. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so very, very much for tuning in. Huge, huge, huge shout out to the doubles producer in the podcast game. We like to call her E4O. She would much rather go by her chosen name. Peggy Bundy. Erica Ford Oliver. Dennis the Rod Man. Shout out to Peg. Shout out to P.I. Man. Putting all of the bells and the whistles on this video, making it look like it should for you wonderful, wonderful people. Huge shout out to P.I. Shout out to Ron Rilla, man. Um, Salute to Ron, the, the big Ron, the little Ron, Ron, the, Ron. The monochromatic color wearing. Uh, it's a family trait. It's a family affair. <laughs> shout out to Ron Rilla, I'm man. Doing doing all the the <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all maroon today. I'm doing all yellow. Killing them. Killing them, baby. Killing I'm lying from head to toe, you got pimp. The, you got the coordinate, baby. Y'all must get grandparents from the West Side or some shit. Because that's a West Side <laughs> behavior. You hear me? Y'all red, migrated. Red suit, red jacket, red vest, <laughs> Y'all red migrated. shirt, red tie, red pants, red socks, red shoes. West Side to the core 290. Shout out to Ron Rilla, man. Doing the hard work behind the... Cameras for two. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Assalamu alaikum.